Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. What is the latest? The latest is I am actually, this happened very quickly, uh, but I'm obsessed with a new thing, which tends to happen to me very quickly. Shocking. Yes. I dive like face first into most of the things I like. Tell me more. This is no different. Um, So there's an app called Marco Polo, and it's this new way that I'm keeping in touch with friends that are not nearby. I learned about this at Christmas time. Do you do it? I've never used it. You need to do it with your siblings. I feel like this would be perfect for you guys. That's actually a great idea because it was uh, brought up by some people who live at separate. Yep. And I was like, what are these video texts you're getting? This it's is... so cool. And they kept saying, like, let's send a Marco Polo. I was like, what is this game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fill me in. Yeah. So it is, I'm already obsessed. So I have it with two friends of mine that are out of town. And we already, like, morning, well, they're much better about it than I am. So I have, like, 30 minutes worth of catch-up sometimes. Oh, wow. But it's so great. So, like, we can talk about our day. We can talk about what's going on at work. We can talk about – so they both have little ones, and so they shoot, like, video of the little ones so we can check in on them. And, like, just – it just feels like you can catch up in real time versus having to do a call, and you're still talking. So it's a little easier than even just a text. Um, and it's just been, it's just been so fun. We've been doing it for probably like five days now, mm-hmm. excuse me. And, um, I just love it. And so now on my way to work, when I don't listen to the ones that come in in the evening until the following day, I plug my phone in with the auxiliary cord and just listen on my way to work to oh, everybody's update. So I don't necessarily like, unless it's like a kid pick, I don't necessarily need to see what's happening. So it's nice to just be able to listen to everybody's updates and what's what everybody's working on. And it's just been really nice. So we can you send... because. My familiarity with it is that you can send videos to each other. Yeah. Can you send photo like solo photos as well, or is it like strictly a like, hey, it's a video? I don't know if it's if you can do photos. Maybe you can. We've only done videos for ours, so I'll do like, and they are really good about doing them like hands free in the car, and so they'll do them on their way to work. Just hit record and like keep it rolling. And, like, I've been doing it when I get home from work to give an update on, like, my day. And, like, I'm in the midst of, like, packing right now. And so it's been nice to be, like, this is the stuff. And just do it while I'm doing other things, yeah. too. Um, and I just really like it, especially for the perspective of getting to see their kids mm-hmm. on a more regular basis. Because yeah. it's kind of a pain sometimes to take a video and send a video. And the, obviously nothing comes through through text with something like that. And it's not just, like, social media. It's, like, just between the people in the text it's or like in a, the app thing. It's like a FaceTime, but not real time. Exactly. And that is what kind of saves the whole thing. If they want to steal that tagline, they're welcome to. <laughs> No, you're not. (laughs) That is ours. We will monetize it. So that's my update. It's been a really great way to keep in touch with friends. Um, I highly suggest it. I also would love to do it with my family. I'd Mm -hmm. I'd love to suggest it as like a family thing too, because my family is for the most part out of town um, or like half and half. But I think that would be just a nice way to see the kids and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. That's such a nice little... uh new alternative to staying in touch because sometimes texting is hard yeah and phone calls are obviously hard because you're like i want to update you on stuff but i also don't have time to talk to you for an hour 
Exactly. And then and all of a sudden no... you're like delayed and right. you're like, here's my five minute update. Exactly. <laughs> and there's no like, there's no um, reason to like check it immediately for something like this. You know, yeah. like you can give it a minute and check it when you have time to. And the on the way the, to work has been really great for me. And I know that they kind of like check throughout the day as, mm-hmm. as able to. Um, I love that. But it's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to so check it out. You I'm should. I'm going to propose it for the fam. I really think your family would be like the perfect group for I it. Think, yeah. Knowing them, I think that would be great. Adoption, though, in terms of... Uh, actual usage it might be we'll see might be harder but (laughs) you'll pester them and they will get on board i have no doubt uh what's going on with you what's your update i took a vacation (gasps) i know and it looked awesome (laughs) you're like i was aware (laughs) um and it was nice i feel like our uh recent vacation episode or like summertime themed episode was like well-timed yeah um because some of the tips that i had for about like how to make the most of like vacation but like more so summer but this was like the start of springtime so i was like it had been a while since we had been on a vacation together just dan and i Mm -hmm. um and so we really fully embraced the experience and like made sure to feel present in the experience and took a little bit of the planning, like the structured planning out mm-hmm. and like gave ourselves more time um, a couple places. Cause we've definitely done the like two days here, two days there, like bopping road trip around. It, bop around. Um, Cause this was de- a road trip trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've done that in the past where it's just like, Oh my God, we are so exhausted right. from doing that because it's just like, constant moving Mm -hmm. and so it was nice to have a few days where we like intentionally were like let's just stay at the airbnb and like have a chill night in Mm -hmm. and it's great because you have a little kitchenette you can make stuff have food there save a little money on breakfast whatever nice so it it was really nice for us to be like what do we want to do right now in this moment and just kind of like adjust and feel really free in like going with the flow and not being tied to like we have to see this thing or we have to go do this thing and it just was like i i feel like it was a fulfilling vacation because i was by the ocean so Mm. like that to me is just like an instant recharge really nice yeah um even though it was not peak season but i sometimes better yeah i'll have to share i'll share a link to my personal uh instagram feed um, because I posted it at our top 10 list. So if anybody's like looking Ooh. for some Cape Cod Martha's Vineyard recommendations, we definitely hit a lot of cool spots. Yeah. And it's because Martha's Vineyard is pretty small. And same thing with Cape Cod. Like mm-hmm. you can pretty much drive like 30 minutes and you're like, oh, we're in a new place. We're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're on the other side of the peninsula. <laughs> so um, we have we got to see some cool stuff and, and visit a couple really cool restaurants too. And just like really gorgeous beach spots that are not to miss nice and you were on the site of the first ever bell family vacay family photo which brought (gasps) back some very very good memories for me so i appreciated that shot that you posted Mm. um but it just looked like such a fun trip and i appreciate the ability and the um like intentionality around having downtime and really taking advantage of the fact that you were just by the ocean mm-hmm. was enough for a lot of those days and yeah. you found a way to just enjoy that peacefulness have good food enjoy yourself and that sounds like a great vacay yeah and going during off season equals less 
chaos and people. A thousand percent. So it was like very chill. Yes. Um, So as a result, new savings update, beach house. I'm in. It can, uh, I'll split it with you. Well, yeah, <laughs> we're going to need a lot of investors. Yeah. <laughs> but we will be the only ones who can enjoy it. So <laughs> keep that in mind if you'd like to throw some cash our way. But, you know, I'm going to put that out there into the universe. I've been visualizing a lot lately, and I think it works. I'm going to say, like, manifesting visualization, I'm on board. Visualize your goals. Yeah, and they come true. Do it. Truly. Uh, what is inspiring you this week, Bron? I read a New York Times article called The Case for Doing Nothing. Hmm. I just realized sit that with that these for a minute. two things, I write these out and, or like put them together and I don't realize that there's a theme until we sit here. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> Every single time. I'm like, apparently I needed this in this moment. Yeah. Yes. Um, so now I'm giving it to all of you. Uh, I it reminded me of something that I read about boredom mm-hmm. um, and how we need to have more time and space in our lives to feel bored and be okay with that because boredom leads to creativity. Ooh. Because, like, the feeling of boredom is just, like, you're not – you're, like, sitting there and you're, like, I don't have anything to do. Yep. Like, you, you think about it in the context of, like, when you're a kid and you're, like, I'm bored. Yeah. But as an adult, to have, like, blank space, blank time – Mm-hmm. That's r- rare. It is rare. And we, do, we like, waste it because it should. And even if we don't fill it with something, we feel, like, useless. So yeah. that negative feeling also does not help the process. Yeah. And I think it's – so what is nice about this article is it kind of shifts into that being not useless time. That mm. it allows your brain to wander and daydream. And that helps you, A, problem solve, and mm-hmm. B – relax mm-hmm. you feel more present in the life that you're living and sometimes it only has to be a few minutes for you to feel the benefits of like I'm not looking at my phone or I'm not doing a thing while also doing another thing yeah and kind of letting yourself like I, I think it's well suited for weekend like slow weekend times where just kind of like sit on the porch like be be alone too mm-hmm. I think that's helpful that where there's no distractions. Um, and it helps you get over the hump of the I should be doing something feeling like that's the, you will feel that for a minute mm-hmm. because this is probably unfamiliar practice. And then from there, the space opens up for you to feel like comfortable in because your brain that's where your brain will kind of like it's like when you're going to bed and you can kind of feel yourself drifting into sleep mm-hmm. mode, but you're like not fully asleep yet. yet, but yeah. you're like your dreams are starting to happen, like weird stuff's connecting. You're like, I'm feeling a little, like, down and woozy and ready yeah. to go. And I think that that's, uh, that's helpful and healthy for our brains to, like, live in that space for a bit um, because we're always on the go. And mm-hmm. so, like, if you take that time to pause, it kind of, like, connects all those firing neurons in a way to, like, plot out new processes and solutions to things and I just think that's really cool Seriously, and uh, we should be okay with doing nothing I like that a lot and and you're totally right I think getting by that feeling of the doing something and letting your brain wander and letting your mind just like drift into a place I do and in like the rare times I feel like I've allowed it to happen when I'm not feeling bad about it I do get not like great ideas, but I just think like, oh, this is what I like to do. Or remembering like 
times that you laughed really hard and Mm -hmm. just like letting your brain go back to like positive energy. I find Mm -hmm. that once I get over that hump, my brain does kind of naturally go to like a fun space and a nice space, not like a negative and self-deprecating space. I love that. (laughs) Which is nice. So I'm going to try and do more of that. We all shall. Yes. What is uh, inspiring you? There is a new group called Super Majority that is founded by women for women. <laughs> when I was writing Ladies. that, I was like, that's so lame, but it's true. Um, and so Super Majority is a group that was founded by um, Ai-jen Poo, who's the executive director for the National Domestic Workers Alliance, Alicia Garza, who's the co-founder of the Black Lives Matter Global Network, and Cecil Richards, who's the former pre- president of Planned Parenthood. There are a few others listed there, but all of the um, all of the press releases I saw had th- these three names on them. Mm-hmm. And the premise is talking about how women are the majority. Like, women are the majority, and and they um, have power that's untapped and not listened to in great, great demand, apparently. Um, And so this this whole group is centered around how do we support women um, in all ways in moving forward with their life and, and learning how to do new and different things. On their website, it says Supermajority is a membership-based organization that affirms and builds women's power and serves as a one-stop shop for advocacy, community building, and electoral participation aimed at transforming our country and building an intergenerational, multiracial movement for women's equal or equity, excuse me. And I was I read that and I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> I was so excited because All I was thinking about is how terrified I am right now about the future of our rights as women and how I have no idea what I can do about it. And as much as we can vote, absolutely we can vote. But that piece around advocacy and community building was the piece that I was like, I don't know how to do that and I don't know how to do it effectively. And I would really like to learn how to do that so I can participate in a way that's not just going to marches, which is incredibly important. But Cecil Richards herself in the like rollout of this whole thing said, like, going to marches is awesome, but we need to do more. We need to gather in ways that will like take action after that march. Mm-hmm. And that's what I that's where I need my wheelhouse to be because I don't love a march. I get very overwhelmed, honestly. And so having Having a resource like this that is is a true education around this type of work was really, really exciting to me. And so I joined. It is membership-based, but it didn't cost me anything to join. It just, you know, you put your email on a list. I think I also gave them my phone number, which I know I'm not supposed to do, but I trust Cecil Richards. <laughs> out there. <laughs> so hopefully that wasn't a bad idea. Um, but they are, they're really good at the email communication from different members of their organizing team. And so I also signed up for a call with, um, Alicia Garza. So they Mm -hmm. had the three, these three women do, um, conference calls at staggering points that whatever your like call to action is within you, they are all speaking to different things on these conference calls. And so I've signed up for super helpful. Um, so they're really intentional about their outreach it's not just like here's a newsletter and like figure out how to get involved they're forming these practices and curriculum around like 
digestible things that we can do that will make an impact on this awful time of our rights being taken away from us um, or seemingly taken away from us both like actually and maybe in the future. Um, And I think that your point is like, the thing that needs to happen now is action, yeah. not words, because it's actually like things are actually happening that are threatening our rights as women. Yeah. And that's a terrifying space for us to be in. And so to have tools at our fingertips that allow us to use our strengths yeah. to provide support, you know, take action, do what we need to do to to move forward with a plan. Yeah. Was because huge. I think that's what's needed now mm-hmm. um, because just saying like no don't do that don't do that or it's you know it's like the whole thing about how people say like your words thoughts and prayers aren't you know changing anything really helpful here in right. this situation so like what are you gonna do yeah to fix this right and i had this like awful gut visceral reaction to reading the news about the heartbeat bills in Georgia and in Missouri and now I think Ohio is on the list Utah and Arizona are doing some crazy things around eight weeks um and I have not been so angry I've been angry about a lot of things but this was this moment where I'm like this is this is what I've got my body is what I've got and somebody's trying to put chains around it and that is terrifying um and i've got a real big problem with that and mm-hmm. so that reaction to me was was one that i felt in different ways at different times for different reasons but having like it was like seeing this super majority announcement having that feeling it was like it all came together and i'm really excited about something like this that gives us the tools that we need to move in a, in a powerful and aggressive in a take no prisoners type of way. And like, that's what I'm ready to do. So yeah, we will share information about supermajority uh, on the show notes and stay tuned to hear more about it probably going forward because like I'm real jacked up about it. Yeah. And if you forget where the show notes are, queenspeaking.com slash 71, the number. Yes. Because uh, uh, I'm signing up. <laughs> doing it. Minute. Doing it, doing it, doing it. <laughs> All right, so give it to me straight. What are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about something that we've, I think both of us have been learning a lot more about and has become a a much more important conversation when it comes to like retention in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And that is creating a sense of belonging in your workplace. It, it, it like feels like when you say like oh retention like who cares it's like well I care firstly <laughs> and also like you as an individual are a piece of the culture yes and you, you are part of it so right. your actions also matter right and and belonging is such an interesting word because I think sometimes like I think of this sometimes as more emotional mm-hmm. but there is absolutely like a practical place in our conversation for this work around belonging I think sometimes people feel like it's super touchy and in some in some ways it definitely is because it's our sense of like humanity in the work that we do every day but I also think like if you can't see how that sense of belonging especially if you don't have it especially if you do have it and you're like what do you mean by belonging like this is the conversation that you need to be listening to because it is very likely there are people in your environment who don't have that and it is scary when you don't have it Mm -hmm. um so we're going to be getting into like what it means 
to, you know, have a sense of belonging at work, why it's important and how we can take steps to implement it, both from like the positions that we're in, but also from like the overall, like how we can talk about it in different ways. Let's speak it, Queens. All right. What do we mean by belonging at work? (laughs) Seems simple enough. (laughs) Let's start there. Um, It's really about making people feel welcome, make them feel comfortable, safe in their work environment, that they actually belong on the team Mm -hmm. and are an integral part of the organization. Um, And also, very importantly, acknowledged for the work that they do. I love this uh, this quote, belonging is when you feel safe and valued for embracing what makes you different. And I think that that's everything from diversity and inclusion to bringing your whole self to work. Mm-hmm. So just like your personality, your you know clothing style, the things that you're interested in, what you want to talk about, culture, yeah. all of that. Um, and I think um, as far as the like kickoff moment when this usually happens um, is day one for a new employee. And so always being conscious of what that first day experience is like Mm -hmm. and curating something that makes someone as they're walking through those doors feel like they're part of the team is really important um, because it can be really nerve wracking to walk into a new environment on day one. Yeah. Um, especially at a big company or you're like walking into a big official building and like scanning in. Yeah. Terrifying. And it's like, it's like, you know, at some points it's super exciting, but you're like, holy cow, what did I just get myself into? And you're Mm -hmm. feeling very vulnerable in those moments. So that's when like you swoop in and serve that vulnerability and say like, I'm here to catch you. Yeah. I've got you. A handhold is often really helpful. (laughs) Like I'm going to be squeezing the crap out of your hand. Um, Maybe not literally. No, if it's, you know, if it's appropriate, maybe. (laughs) Maybe not. That might fly from You know what? Never mind. Don't hold anybody's hand. (laughs) Um, But we want to talk about uh, some of the ways to welcome people in the right way in that capacity. Because, again, that's usually the jumping off point Mm -hmm. of, like, here's what here's an introduction to our culture right and then everything after that obviously supports it um but i think it's it's important for us to discuss that and we're gonna get into it in a minute we sure will i think of the term code switching at times and i don't know if people are super familiar with the term code switching it basically means when you are flipping between like your authentic self and your like work version of yourself which usually is not uh, it's, it's, you are, you are placating to the norm of your office. And a lot of times when people code switch, they are nothing like the the norm of their office. And because they either feel like they can't be, or if it's been made clear that they shouldn't be, that's when code switching kind of occurs. And I'm not talking about like, you're like a raging, you know, like swearing up and down all the time outside of the office and when you get into the office like you can't be that person like it's it goes past like politeness and like um I guess social norms it goes into like what parts of yourself you have to hide away for fear of um what will happen to that version of yourself if you show up like that in your office yeah 
Um, so when we talk about a sense of belonging, we're also talk about it, talking about eliminating the barriers that cut off someone's ability to be their true selves. Um, and I've learned about this in terms of like diversity and inclusion when people might be afraid to be their true selves in their work environment. Um, so everything from like the um, racial piece of things to the um, uh, LGBT, LGBTQ plus, um, you know, identities that people hold. Um, and so when we think about belonging, I think it goes beyond checking like a box for numbers. You're not talking about, you know, um, diversity in terms of like how many diverse people do we have in our work environment? It's not a numbers game. It is creating an environment where people feel like they can truly bring their whole selves to work. And there have been intentional measures taken to make that possible. I think that goes to everything also from like a new mom's perspective who might be breastfeeding and needs to pump at work. Like your sense of belonging might disappear if there's no place for you to go to do that that's safe and secure and also like comfortable. (laughs) Or if you request it and it's ignored. Yeah, yes, exactly. What that can do for a person. And I think the other thing that's important to think about is like if you're not thinking about it or aware of it, that's probably not good. Right. Then you are you are perfectly comfortable in that environment, but you have not taken time to think about the way that other people might not be comfortable. And I think that's an important thing to do. Social awareness. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, so why has it become a central part of our conversation? Truly, I think it's actually a generational thing that mm-hmm. we as a growing majority of people in the workplace as millennials are bringing this conversation to the forefront. Um, I think it's really important to the millennial generation to feel connected to the work that we're doing um, or the team's work or the company-wide work um, and feel like our employees in the company are actually supporting us in our needs Mm -hmm. as not as just employees, but as individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that in turn has a really positive impact on reducing turnover rates and curating a strong work environment for your community of employees. Because like, you know, thinking about our parents growing up, we saw everybody like put in years, decades of work Mm -hmm. and then you're fired like when the market crashed mm-hmm. back in 2008, your pension's gone, mm-hmm. you're fired, and you're like, I just put in 30, 40 years at this company and you're taking it all away. Well, right. Like, where's the loyalty? Right. And so we're trying to find ways to work with organizations and like we're going to actually seek out opportunities to work for companies that put creating a sense of belonging and creating a strong work culture at the forefront. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think by cultivating empathy and understanding uh, among your employees and teammates, you're creating a a space for people to feel heard. Mm -hmm. Um, And no matter what people, um, no matter what, people are performing uh, better in those environments. And I think feedback and transparency fit really well into that conversation, too. Yeah. It's interesting because I I do believe that we have... we speak up more about this, but you also have to wonder how many people have been silent for so long around this topic. Um, and we recently just changed the name of our 
um, one of our divisions where I work full time from diversity and inclusion to community and belonging to really talk about how this goes so much deeper and how many people have been silenced because they don't have that sense of belonging and have never felt comfortable asking for that or even understanding that that was or maybe was not a possibility for them. And you know what, as you say that, it's interesting to think about how diversity and inclusion has kind of become a buzzword in the sense of like it existing in the environment of like you have to fit within a certain mold Mm -hmm. and where you say community and belonging that's everybody. Right. And like, we should all be on an equal playing field. Right. And I think it is, it's going beyond the sense of saying like, we want to see who you are. We want to learn about what your needs are Mm -hmm. from your specific point of view, whether that be a person of color, a woman in your office, a person from the LGBTQ plus community. Like those are who, what part of what makes you who you are. And that sense of community and belonging allows you to be more open hopefully about those needs Mm -hmm. and and what can take that work forward and how we can have more open and safe conversations about what those needs are too um and i think like those are just that's a conversation we've been having a lot lately and i am learning i am learning a lot and i think that these conversations are so important because belonging is not it's not a box to check. It is a true like sense that you feel Mm -hmm. and that's not always measurable. And I think that's sometimes hard to wrap our brains around like, Oh, it's not measurable. Then like, how do do we know? Or to get support from the organization to like put funds behind curating a system that like fulfills all of the needs of a belonging and community based experience for your employees. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's it's being I mean we're being asked uh, to show up in so many different ways now as far as like our time commitment to our work and the involvement in the work both the work the direct work that we do but also like the side committees that we're asked to be a part of for like the team player mentality and so I think it's more even more important um, to feel as comfortable as we can in our work environment. And again, like not talking about like sweatpants and wine, because that would be awesome, but not really the appropriate thing that I'm talking about here. (laughs) But if we're asking people to give more of themselves, the leadership should be aware of how that can make people feel if the environment isn't open to their whole self. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can be so scary to feel isolated and lack that belonging feeling. And if you felt that, then I'm sorry, because that is terrifying. Um, And I think listening and understanding what makes your team and the people around you and your company feel that sense of belonging is what ultimately helps people feel safe. Um, And it's not like coming back and saying, well, we do this or challenging that or getting defensive around a thing. If people are feeling a certain way, they're feeling a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it could have everything to do with you or it could have nothing to do with you. But shutting someone down doesn't help it does not help that uh that process in any way yeah and i think uh if there is a person or an individual what what, like your manager providing that feedback when something happens to be like hey this is not great i need to have a conversation about it and want to let you know that x y and z happened Mm -hmm. um because i think the only way to 
make adjustments and and create this better sense is like from a an experience standpoint of like this happened to me and find a way to communicate it in a way that is helpful and like recommending a solution to say like unfortunately this situation left me on the outside I know that wasn't intended but here's like the feeling that I felt in this experience and being able to voice that to your manager or to HR in some capacity um, will help improve the system hopefully mm-hmm. and if you're working for a good company they'll take that feedback and make changes at accordingly absolutely um, but if not obviously that's a red flag from an employee standpoint of like okay maybe this isn't top of mind for the organization that I'm working at and like take that with a heavy grain of salt absolutely <laughs> and if you are on the receiving end of that conversation it's you know the encouragement is to be patient and listen and learn mm-hmm. and wait to react and don't try to finish a sentence don't try to say like oh i'm gonna fix it with this like let that person be heard exactly like you said in the beginning of the conversation like let that person feel seen and feel heard and feel respected in that space because it's already probably very terrifying to even have that conversation so to wait and listen is is the the most respectful thing you can do and then figure out the best steps forward um and go from there yeah this fits nicely into the uh, actual implementation yes. of doing a lot of these things. Um, I always think about what day one is like for uh, for an employee um, and creating a space for a team welcome, especially when you work in a team environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something as simple as like setting up a coffee or like having a chance for you and your team or you and your manager um, to spend some quality time together at the start of the day to be like, welcome, here are people in that you will be working with and surrounding yourself with in these coming months and years, mm-hmm. hopefully. Uh, meet them. It is a casual environment. We're all going to eat carbs and drink some caffeine. Yep. And they're going to go on to their day and you're going to start your training. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go our separate ways. Uh, but I think that that environment helps create a more comfortable space for someone to walk into versus like immediately diving into training all the stuff and like information mm-hmm. um, and maybe get a little like casual chat in before jumping into meetings or whatever. Absolutely. I feel very strongly that you should be incredibly enthusiastic about these. If you get a new person every week, I don't care. You need to be just as at a 10 with the person that came on first to the person that comes in 10 weeks from now, because it is so you're so vulnerable in that moment as the new person. And I really think people's enthusiasm isn't, I mean, I think about my first day and how enthusiastic people were to welcome me onto the team. And I didn't feel like it was fake or forced or like unnecessarily excited. Like Mm -hmm. I was really excited that they were excited. (laughs) And what, like, I think you just, when you're new, you have no idea what's going on in the office environment, right? Like you don't know all the office politics. You don't know who hates who. You don't know who loves who. And you shouldn't. You should not feel any of that on your first day. So if you are the welcoming team, you need to be at a strong 10. Like 
and make people feel just so excited to be part of this thing that you're building together um, Mm. because they truly probably don't care what it is that's on your desk or waiting in your inbox or like the person you're beefing with that day. Like, because it's not their job to care yet. Like give them a month and they'll care probably a lot. But that first day should be just the best day ever. Mm-hmm. Maybe overwhelming. I'm sure it will be overwhelming. But be sensitive to so that welcome. too. Right. Like be sensitive to the fact that it's overwhelming um, and not in the like shy away from it way. And the like, hey, I see you. I understand this is probably a lot, but we are so excited to have you. Mm-hmm. And like mean it when you say it. Yeah. And with that. Build in some kind of communication buddy mentor program into your work culture um, because I think first interactions are always great. Yep. But it's important to maintain those relationships, especially among smaller teams and people who are working face-to-face on a consistent basis. Um, Even more important for people whose teams are distributed across countries, maybe remote teams. Yep. um, Or people who, who are working with freelancers on a regular basis. Um, it's really valuable to consistency, consistently uh, build on a culture of bonding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having a, a coordinated setup of like meetings, coffee dates, um, just like ha- if there's someone who like is in charge from an HR perspective or if it's like your office manager um, on your team or if mm-hmm. it's like part of the new person's responsibility, like set up one-on-ones over the next five weeks with these 10 people. Um, I think having those like informational sessions and like something that's like casual but work-related is really helpful to um, making people feel comfortable and giving them like a kind of a slow roll into an introductions across the board. Absolutely. I also think making sure these programs are truly for the benefit of the mentee and not just to do it to say you're doing it is a huge piece that often doesn't necessarily happen. I think a lot of people have the best of intentions with things like this, but if they're like a flash in the pan, it's not going to be of the benefit of the people that are participating in them. And if it is a new program, then be honest about that up front. Like, hey, we're trying this new thing. We'd really like to make sure that our new folks have someone to connect with, lean into, ask questions for, of, from. Um, and being honest about that, if it fizzles out or it's not working, you can get their honest feedback because mm-hmm. they've known that it wasn't a thing that was like up and running for the length of time. They're almost part of this new system and and have been allowed to share their thinking around it, which again is another way to create um, that community buy-in part of all of this. Um, and I think like people can tell the difference if you're not really in it for the benefit of them and have done intentional matching of the mentee. Like you can't just throw a mentee and a mentor together. I read this great, I think I've talked about this article from first round that did a whole study on like what makes a great mentee mentor uh, partnership. I want to find this. It was really good. And it's really, I mean, a lot of it obviously is based on like um, your personality types and your work style and all of those things. But if you haven't done the, the work to figure out who a right match for that person is, because it isn't always just their advisor or their um, manager. I mean, like, that's a great relationship to have. But if you're calling it a mentor program, there needs to be, like, backup to that. And it, yeah. it, it might not happen on the first day, and that's okay. Um, but I think being really intentional. isn't that. Yes. Then just call it, like, 
team buddy time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, don't call it a mentorship program. And uh, just be upfront about that process and be willing to take the feedback if you are really trying to make it a thing and make it the best it can be. Um, that can be super valuable. Yeah. I think um, having fresh eyes, your point about feedback is really relevant here. These people are walking into a new environment. So you should have a system in place for like, you've been on the job for a month. What were the things that you liked? What didn't you like? Whether it's a survey mm-hmm. or just like a, a sesh where mm-hmm. the new hire and their manager sit down and talk about it. And then they pass that information on to whoever needs it. And not like a fly through. I'm so over people telling me that like the check-in was like just to check a box. I am over checking boxes (laughs) of all types. It is not effective. You don't feel, even if you really like the person that you're working with and, but you can tell that they don't care. Like, why should I care that? Like, you're my example now. And if you don't care, then why the heck should I care? So that's a, that is a, um, cycle that will only continue even with the best of intentions. Like you showed me how you feel. So why should I care? I'm going to just keep it moving. But I think, um, the opportunity there for someone saying like, Hey, this worked, this didn't, or like from, from a personality standpoint or like a person standpoint, like this didn't jive with the things that are important to me as a human and having more perspectives on that as you hire new people, like you're not going to be a company of the same person forever. Right. And so, and that's like detrimental to your company's success either way. thousand percent. So being very conscious of like how you can use this feedback to actually like create better systems for your company down the road yeah. um, is really important and also makes them feel fulfilled and valuable because when usually when you're first starting a job it's hard for you to be like you're doing great mm-hmm. like we're measuring you haven't done success. anything like, but we haven't really done much <laughs> so like here's one thing that we can really appreciate from you yes um and i think that there's a lot of opportunity for you to inspire and motivate those individuals to learn and reach their goals and make sure that you are setting goals with these employees mm-hmm. um, it's all really important um and like bottom line Recognize your employees for the work that they're doing and make them feel valued. Yep. That is like the ultimate desire for most people. Yep. Like, how do you create a sense of belonging? Make people feel like you want them there. Right. That feels like a baseline, but so many people don't do it. So (laughs) there it is. (laughs) Um, And so I talked about, too, earlier um, metrics of like, how do you get executive team on board with this Mm -hmm. if you are in hr or friends with someone in hr or just want to you know push for something to help your company culture advocate for an annual employee engagement survey if it doesn't already exist Mm -hmm. because this is a great way for you to measure how your employees actually feel about the work that they do how they feel about the teams their managers it's an anonymous survey so you're getting just like company-wide feedback on how they view every facet of the work that they're doing in the company and how they feel valued by their company. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think also creating teams with different voices of different levels of visible and invisible diversity and courage, encourage honesty and like back that up with action. So you're asking people for their input. You're asking people for their feedback, make sure that those like voices like are expansive and mm-hmm. they don't look and sound like one person or it's people that might, um, 
might not be asked to be part of stuff like this all the time. I think that there are always opportunities to include people of all levels um, in these conversations and their challenges look very different from other people's challenges, but it doesn't mean they shouldn't sit at the table and be able to voice those challenges and see how we could be doing better for all of the people that are involved in the system, um, not just the people you might hear from the most often. Uh, So I think that that is like one thing that you can do to implement. Also creating affinity groups where people can feel like their most authentic selves, their truest self, then slowly be able to like be that person outside of the affinity group. Um, Some examples are women's groups, LGBTQ plus groups, women of color, people of color, religious affiliations, like places where you feel like... um, Other people will understand what you're going through. And those groups can be very powerful. I mean, in higher ed, I've heard that there are um, campuses that have these affinity groups that like help make policy and they sit at the table and they are very strong and bring programs to campus and help their students um, and are visible to the student population as well. And I think that those affinity groups help people feel like, okay, there's a place that I can be heard and seen. And then those voices then can have that space outside of the affinity group now that they know that there's a safe place for them in a lot of ways. Um, I've just seen these be really successful in a lot of, of a lot of different environments, not just higher ed, but in nonprofit organizations and corporate organizations, big and small. Um, and it is really exciting to see people leaning into those and finding their voices in those spaces and then sharing their voices outside of those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, be a leader in this conversation. It's difficult to, I think, sometimes like conceptualize what belonging really is. So hopefully this conversation has helped in some way. Um, but teach yourself what belonging means for you and learn about what belonging means for someone who is your best friend or someone you don't talk to that often or like your coworker that like lives on the other side of the hall who you don't get to work with all that much. Um, learn what this means for all the people around you. And I think that helps give people a sense of, of what others are looking for from that sense of belonging in their work environment, because this is probably the place that we feel sometimes the least like ourselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And think about if we felt even better, not just about the work that we do, I think those things are separate. Um, But if we felt like our truest selves in the work environment and doing great work that we like to do, like, that's magic. And I think that that's a thing that we can absolutely strive for if we're open to having the conversation and asking ourselves how we feel and asking other people how they feel if they're willing to share so that's my feel about it (laughs) I I feel like it'll be interesting too I'd love to hear what you all have experienced that have been like thinking back to your experiences within your organization whether it's your first day or things that are implemented in in the the workplace that make you feel the sense of belonging and what that looks like because you know we know it from what we've experienced and yep. t- to hear it from another angle would be really awesome or maybe even some of the challenges that you faced and like what that looks like so absolutely hit us up yeah we are at queen oh. speaking queen underscore speaking on instagram insta so let us know what you're feeling what you're thinking because we want to know shall we break let's break hey everyone thanks so much for listening this week 
You can follow us on Instagram at queen underscore speaking to continue the conversation. And you can find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week. week.